Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Mike, my voice is back, but I don't know how long it's going to last, man. There's some big news in the city of New York, baby. I can't hardly contain myself. Start spreading the news. We'll talk about it tonight, Mike. I'm leaving the day. tonight. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Come on, baby, 60 seconds. Let's go. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, I really think he's going to come out of there a New York Jet before the day is over. 
Well, you know, I totally believe that. And the one thing that's going to really help them is Sean Green. I mean, this kid is – I mean, he is he's everything they built him out to be between the 20s. Uh, when you get inside the 20, uh, you're talking about uh, you're you're talking LT. You're talking LT out of the backfield, uh, even though it's a, a short uh, short distance. But anyway, you're talking the short distance between the end zones, so that's going to uh, feed off of LT to score some touchdowns. If I'm a fantasy owner of LT, which I am in one league, uh, hold on to him. Hold on to him and see what happens because you never know what happens with Sean Green. Oh, man. We have the, the crew at Red versus Blue. The chat room is already popping uh, with some of, our, some of our, our great friends of the program. The prognosticator, Dr. Props, is in the house. He's in the Big Apple. War Kittens, John Duckworth, the, the playoff champion in the FFPC. We have sports betting man Lance. What's up, baby? Invictus Peavy for Sheezy. Scott Lance. And Steel City, welcome to the show, man. We're going to have a good time tonight. We are talking everything in the world of free agency in the National Football League. We also have a couple of big announcements from the world of high state fantasy football. The first, Mike, uh, is our announcement of the live satellite draft uh, that we're going to be taking uh, on our show. We're going to be commentating on our show just like we did last year, Mike. Uh, yeah. Big, big news. We're, we've been invited back by the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, to, uh, to provide some live commentary on a couple of their big high-stakes leagues. The first one is the uh, Big Payback League, where one uh, lucky winner will participate in the Big Payback Draft next year, a $5,000 entry fee league, where the top prize is twenty five grand and a whole lot more. Uh, for a $500 entry fee, you could be sitting at the big payback table. Last year, we uh, had a fantastic turnout. Mike, listen to this. All 12 owners are back. They were in there last year. Oh. All 12 owners are back. It's an incredible accomplishment. We're going to be hosting that draft uh, real close to the uh, real close to the weekends um, that the uh, that all the drafts start on. Let me pull up my calendar here just so I can get this down. Uh, I believe Definitely. it's August. August 28th, August 27th, Friday night, we'll be running in, in the midnight party, two, three-hour show, because we're going to provide that live commentary. Mike, August 27th uh, will be that show. We want to get it as close to uh, the end of the preseason as possible. That's for the, so, uh, that's for the uh, big payback. That's the big payback. The other cool. big news. That's going to be awesome, man. It, it, it's great to have them back. It is. It was, it was a lot of fun, and I think we kind of set a trend there. You're starting to see that happen a little bit more with those live satellites. We have the chat room going full full swing. We have the draft room going, so you can follow the draft every single pick. Mike and I are commentating. We have guests on all throughout the night. Players that are in the draft are coming on the show talking about their picks, their upcoming picks. We call picks out. We're, we're, we let it all hang out on, on that show. Yeah. Uh, not, no hold bar. Now, the other draft I want to mention is something very exciting. I'm really excited about these leagues, Mike. I know you've already signed up and you're already in. The FFPC Junior League uh, is a brand-new concept. These guys always are bringing up brand-new ideas and new, new contests for, for us, the players, and we're really excited about this one, too. The FFPC Junior is an exact replica of the main event at the Fantasy Football Players Championship. But the good thing is you're not pointing up 1500 to get in. You're only putting up $350 for your chance at the uh, league prize, the $2,500 per league. That's a 60% payout, Mike, in the league itself. So they've upped the prize payout in the league, and there's no way they're guaranteeing at least a 10K prize to the grand prize winner. Uh, If they have 180 teams or more, they'll even up that from there to the now. That's August the 6th. That's the first ever FFPC junior draft. It'll get the blood pumping uh, Friday night, August the 6th, right at the start of August, right before the preseason. You're going to get to take a, <clears throat> get to draft on the air, live with us, and then, you know what? That's they're going to kick off the whole FFPC Junior Tournament. There's going to be tons of leagues uh, forming all throughout the month of August and September, and we're going to be honored to host the first one, Mike. It's pretty exciting. 
Yeah, you, you know, I can't wait. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I, I might be a participant in that. Uh, I'm just going to get the logistics down. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I consider myself a junior as far as uh, fantasy football, but, uh, you know, a senior as well. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to uh, hosting that event and uh, maybe being a part of it. Who knows? Uh, last year uh, I was able to draft online with you, Scott, and uh, – on the show uh, with Red versus Blue, and that was a lot of fun. And so, who knows? We might be able to do it again. Sounds like it. Uh, uh, we're still here. So that's two big announcements. Set your calendars: August sixth and then August twenty fourth. My voice is still killing me, man. I'm gonna be having to run for water. This is my first day back on the air since the uh, laryngitis. Man, it, it came out of nowhere. Big news out of the National Football League today in free agency, Mike. Uh, I'm sure you heard the news about Larry Johnson signing with the Washington Redskins. And this, look, Washington had already cleaned house. Mike Shanahan's uh, already in and, and making things happen. He had already cleaned house. The only backs that were left on the roster were Clinton Portis and P.J. Hill, a lesser-known back, for, I think from Wisconsin. I, mean, I, even, I was looking at him. But uh, they, they let everybody else go. The Dell Beth, all of them were gone. And... Clinton Horse was the only one on the, you know, really on the roster to speak of. And here they go. They get Larry Johnson, Mike, and they sign him to a three-year deal. Now, Mike, this is a back that's had tons of carries in the past. Do you think he has anything in the tank? What does this mean for Portis? Break it down. No, I honestly, it's a backup plan because uh, we know we know how the NFL rolls right now. Uh, they roll with uh, two running backs. Uh, Washington is going to be Clinton Portis first. Uh, you know, as a as a as a fantasy owner, uh, I have no uh, interest in uh, Larry Johnson whatsoever. Uh, he's he's a backup plan. Uh, he's he's a guy that maybe you you might want to have on your team uh, in, in dire straits. But uh, that that that's about it for uh, Larry Johnson because uh, Clinton Portis is he's going to be the guy under Shanahan, and that's just the way it is. And uh, L.J. He'll fill in just way he filled in Cincinnati, which was not much. Well, there's already some good discussion in the chat room already from the gang. Uh, they're debating Portis or Larry Johnson, and, and it looked kind of split here. Uh, you know, obviously their older guys are, are not what you really want to go after in the draft. But, again, every year there's those players, you know, a la the Terry Glens or the Amani Toomers or the Heinz Wards, uh, those players that are, you know – Older on the clock, but you know what, man? They get it done on the field, and that's what you're looking for is those value plays. You know, uh, maybe it's a Brandon Jacobs this year. I don't know, but when you're talking about the older guys that have a lot of carries, Portis and LJ, you know, definitely fit that mold as well as LT. You know, if you're in the draft, Mike, right now, and you're on the clock, and you're looking for, you know, just an older vet kind of backup, you've got your choice of Portis, LJ, LaDainian Tomlinson, or Brian Westbrook. Which of those four do you pull the trigger on? Well, there's no doubt. <clears throat> I would go with uh, LT right now. But, uh, you know, when you're asking that question, uh, you have to prepare yourself to w- which of those do you expect in front of you to get hurt? That's the question. And uh, Clinton Portis, he could be the one that could get hurt. So that, that, that could set it up for LJ. So, you know, when you when you ask a question, uh, which one do you want to pull the trigger on? It's like which which one in front of you is going to hurt or is going to go down. I tell you what, it, it, with those four, you know, obviously I'm gonna I would go ahead and take Portis with that uh, with those options. LJ still looks like he had a little bit in the tank though for Cincinnati. He had some, had you know, he ran hard. This is Mike Shanahan reunite with Portis. You got to give them a chance to to make things happen and. And I don't think I think Portis is a is a cut above those other guys uh, with still enough in the tank. He, he's had his injuries, and you know I, I, it'd be hard to stay motivated on that team. That's for sure. But it's going to be interesting, man. It's really heating up with these backs, and you know they, they, you get around that thirty age mark, man, and, and there's not a lot left you can do. And it's amazing. Thomas Jones still kicking. Now he signs with the Kansas Chiefs. Mike Jamal Charles. Uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna talk a lot about Jamal Charles tonight, but. Thomas Jones with the Chiefs. What do you think about that move? Well, I, I think it's a great move. I mean, uh, 
you know, it's like what I talked about on the show last week. Uh, you know, our, our last uh, shoot four years, he is number uh, number four in rushing yards, rushing yardage, total rushing yardage. Uh, Thomas okay. Jones is number four in the entire wow. NFL, and uh, you know that, that speaks volumes. Uh, and of course, I know it's behind a uh, primarily. Uh, offensive uh, running type scheme, but, uh, you know, I mean, he's going to, he's going to teach Jamal Charles a lot of things. And plus he's going to be able to go in there and in goal line situations, he could be of value. I tell you what, we're going to, we're going to talk about Jamal Charles a little bit later in the program. And it's, and it's, and it's a concept that we've been talking about here on the show. When you're a dynasty player and those dynasty leagues are getting ready to kick off here in these new dynasty drafts, You've got to be ready to buy low and to sell high. That's the magic of Dynasty football. If you want to be good in Dynasty fantasy football, you have to know when to buy low and when to sell high. It's very hard to do. Both are very hard to do um, just because when you're buying low, you're, you're, you're buying a player that, you know, hasn't really done much, and so you're trying to jump the gun on that. When you're selling high, it, it's hard, you know, to, to, to pull that trigger because, man, you could have lightning in a bottle here, but, then again, you can have Steve Slayton already roll. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, Mike. Another move that's happened that's, that's kind of interesting to me, I, I like to see what these teams do when they retool. You saw Denver come in. The new coaching staff came, and they really retooled. You saw Haley come into Kansas City. They really retooled last year. Now you're seeing Cleveland put their own little thing together here with this team, and they're bringing in Seneca Wallace, and they're bringing in Ben Watson. Mike, I don't know what, what's going on in Cleveland. But the hard part of players here are, are, are they just are they just rolling at the craft table or something? I mean, and they're like, oh, you know, crap, well, we got to we got to take Ben Watson here. What what are they doing? I don't know. You know, Scott, I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, you know, obviously they let Anderson go. Uh, they're they're done with Quinn. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of a joke to me because uh, Anderson is uh, two years removed from being a Pro Bowler. Uh, this guy, you know, he could throw it, and, you know, he, he, he proved it. But the bottom line is he proved it behind an offensive line. If you have an offensive line, if you have somebody in front of you, you can do something. If you have a running game, you can do something. But it all go, it all revolves around the offensive line. And Cleveland, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I mean, I'm serious. I don't know. If there's a Cleveland fan – Cleveland Brown fan out there that can tell me their vision and what they want to do, please let me know. I don't know what they're doing either, Mike. It's interesting. You got uh, you know you, you you got a cast off, and Seneca Wallace really hasn't really done anything. You got Ben Watson, uh, a tight end that really never did put it together. Had a couple of, of of moments there where we thought he could do something, but then that's that's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You better do something. And uh, I don't know. I, I just find it interesting. Another move we saw today, uh, or, or just a couple of days ago, the signing uh, that signals the end of the T.O. rumors in Cincinnati, Mike. Antonio Bryant comes to town. I think this guy has a little bit left in the tank, to be honest with you, with the Buccaneers. Uh, he had a knee injury last year. He's coming back. It looks like he's going to be healthy. Gives Ocho Cinco a, a, you know, a compliment on the other side of the field. Definitely bumps up Carson Palmer's numbers, right? And now you've got Antonio Bryant and Ocho. You've got, you've got a player that you've added, an impact player that can make a difference on a playoff team like Cincinnati's making a move here. That's a perfect signing, in my opinion. Uh, they didn't need no T.O. Uh, and what team does? I mean, l- let's face it. You go down the list and what teams really want Terrell Owens? Uh, very few, very few. Uh, but Cincinnati, they're looking at, uh, hey, we can make the playoffs again this year and maybe maybe move forward from what we did last year. That's what they're looking at. So they're looking at a wide receiver like Antonio Bryant. So I think it's, I think it's a good pickup, a, a good move, a good a good thing to do. And I guarantee you right now that uh, Carson Palmer had he had a little bit of you know substance as far as uh, that move went. We've got some. Uh, we've got the chat room uh, and Red versus Blue. We affectionately call it the crew. Some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Don't be scared. 
we see the we see the listener count every week. We know there's a lot of you that decide not to log in and be part of the chat room. You're listening on the show. Uh, you know, go ahead, hop in there, make yourself known, get in there, and and uh, just like a message board, don't be the, the, the water's clean here. They're they're not going to bite you. These are sharks. They are some of the best uh, high stakes players here. But look, they're here to help and, and just. You know, rattle off some ideas. They're talking in the chat room right now. They want me to bring up Big Ben, Mike, and they want to get your take on this Big Ben situation. Because here I am. I'm a I'm a firm believer in San Antonio Holmes. I've been right. in a couple of leagues, and I've been wanting to buy this kid. But right now, to be honest with you, Mike, I'm a little bit scared of buying San Antonio Holmes right now because I don't know what's going on with this Big Ben situation. What's this all about, man? All right, I I got one day. I know you were there. Are you ready? I got one take on the Big Ben situation. Don't put yourself in a position. The guy has put his he put himself in a position once and he did it again. So if you're a fantasy owner of Big Ben Roethlisberger, dump him now. Oh. He's in trouble. No, I agree with you, Mike. Go ahead, go ahead. That's all I gotta say about that. Dumping, dumping, dumping. He, he, he. There, there, there is a problem there. It's, it, it recurs, and you know, there. Come on, now you don't, you don't honestly expect anybody in the in this world that plays fantasy football, let a, let alone uh, plays high stakes fantasy football, to dump Ben Roethlisberger over this girl. Now, come on now. He don't score a lot of fantasy points anyway, so the heck with that. Oh, he does. Oh, he does, Mike. He does. He he's a fantasy stud, man. Ben Roethlisberger. He would have he would have thrown for five thousand yards probably if he was healthy last year. The guy's a the guy's a stud. I mean, he got his taste of fame right off the bat early. He went fifteen and oh, one. Oh, he got like, he, he, he got taste of large stuff. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I'm, I don't really even care about any of that, and I don't think any, any of our listeners do either. We want to know, I don't need how, does this, how does this affect the value of Santonio Holmes, Mike Wallace, and Heath Miller? You know what? I tell you this right now. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and if you're a Pittsburgh uh, coaching staff, you're saying, Rashard Mendenhall, it's your team, baby. You're going to have to ride. Let's get back to ground and pound. Let's not, let's not put all of our eggs in this quarterback basket. Let's get back to basics. Go after Rashard Mendenhall. The kid's going to have a monster, monster year. I like Mike Wallace too. And, and then they signed, uh, they signed a couple of wide receivers. Mike, I don't know if you, uh, if you got one of that. They re-signed Antoine Randall out. Uh, where he yeah. belongs, really. That's really where he belongs, right? I mean, that's that's the team that he uh, he made his he made all the noise on, and he's going to come back in there and and probably be a slot receiver to Mike Wallace and to Antonio Holmes. That's going to be nice to see again. And they signed Arnett Battle too, so I think I think that's the end of the Lion of Swede experiment. I don't know, man. I drafted this guy in, in a dynasty league and I waited for him and, and he hasn't done anything except just, you know, fall out of favor with the Pittsburgh coaching staff. Got Chef Paul in the house if he'd like to break down what's going on with Lion of Swede. Love to find out about that. But um <clears throat> Mike, Mike Wallace, in my opinion, he is a he is the most attractive uh receiver for uh Pittsburgh. As long as the deal with uh, Roethlisberger is, is okay, Mike Wallace, he is very attractive in that offense. They, they continue to do things. They bring in different and new players every year, constantly. And uh, you, you've got Mendenhall and then a couple of uh, young rod receivers and uh, throwing Mike Wallace. And, uh, you know, that's pretty dangerous right there. Battle. Yeah. You know, uh, a team I like to talk about real quick uh, that just doesn't seem to ever do anything uh, is the Buffalo Bills. I mean, here I go. I, I, I've heard that Toronto Jim, Bills. Kelly, Jim Kelly is actually pushing for a Tim Tebow draft day. I mean, I don't know if he's, if he's in his right mind here or not. If you've seen Tim Tebow throw the ball, you watch a lot of SEC games, Mike. Tim Tebow doesn't get rid of that ball in a, in a conventional way. I don't. I don't see how that release could ever make it in the NFL. Oh, no, 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 something. There's no way, Scott. Uh, first off, I'm in Brandenburg. You're in Indianapolis. By the time Tim Tebow gets the ball 
by the time he releases it, I will be on your front porch. That's how slow <laughs> that guy is. Now, don't get me wrong. He, he He's a champion. He is a champion. He has a heart of a champion. The guy is a great player, but not a quarterback. I'll tell you what, I, there have been rumors about Michael Vick and and, and and I'll tell you what, though, if I were the Buffalo Bills, I would take a serious, long look at a Derek Anderson, somebody that, you know, fell out of favor with the coaching staff in Cleveland. Uh, I, they, they never could really give that job back to him once Brady Quinn was, was there. And, uh, you know, I, I would take a hard look. That's got to be an improvement over Trent Edwards, right? I mean, you've got a ground game. Use Fred Jackson. Use Marshawn Lynch. And just don't make the, you know, don't make the big mistake. Derek Anderson can do that. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Scott, they got they they got one heck of a running game, uh, but the problem in uh, Buffalo is ownership. The owners, they don't care. I mean, they really don't care that they want to spend a little money here to see what they can get. But uh, I'm afraid that that organization is headed to Toronto, and uh, it's <laughs> and that wouldn't be good. Okay, how about another name that, okay, War Kitten just tell me Anderson sucks. I agree with you. What about Jay DeLome? I mean, another quarterback that, you know, hasn't gotten it done and fell out of favor, but wouldn't it be an improvement to the Buffalo offense? Jake DeLome getting Buffalo, Jake DeLome to Buffalo. How about Jake DeLome? No, no. Uh, how about uh, Clawson? Go for a young kid like Clawson. Oh, uh, you're, you're just asking the Buffalo Bill fans to accept another three years of no playoff, dude. It's been forever. You've got to make a playoff move. You can't no, 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 no. You can't keep what? selling season tickets to fans and saying, we'll get them next year. We'll get them next year, bud. You sound like you can no, no. We'll get them next year, bud. No, wait a second, Scott. They screwed up so many of them that they just got to be straight up, first and forward, and say, this is our pick. This is who we want, and this is what we're going to build around. We, I mean – have they ever done that? They've never built around them. I don't know. You've got to do something if you're the Buffalo Bills. You can't continue to put your fans through this. They want to win. They brought in T.O. They're desperate. They've got to do something. And that experience well, I mean, didn't work. I would love I mean, I would, I would hope that somebody in the chat room or somebody would call in uh, from uh, the Buffalo area and, you know, Tell us, tell us what you think. I mean, because you know, you know, we're just kind of uh, talking from the outside. But I would love to hear Buffalo. They they have a rich tradition in football, and uh, I would hate to see Buffalo football leave Buffalo. But uh, they got to get something going. Yeah, you got to get something going. Look, when you've got AJ Feely signing a six million dollar deal, when you've got David Carr signing for six point two five million. When you get Jim Sorge, you sign for a million. Look, everybody, Chad Pennington signing for two and a half million. Then you've got Trent Edwards. Come on, you've got to do something. You can't believe in Trent Edwards. He hasn't been able to get it done. You can't give him another year. Why not? Yeah, Fred, I mean, Chad Pennington signs. I mean, come on. Yeah, Fred Jackson, he's shaking his head going, oh, my goodness, what's next? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I just feel sorry for the Buffalo Bills fans and, you know, there's not a lot we can do, but uh, hey, I, I gotta get a drink here. We're gonna be right back. Buffalo Soldier, baby.
Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue Crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you? Listen to this song all night. Start spreading the news. Oh. I'm leaving today. Sean Green and LP in the same match. I want to be part of it. Rex Ryan. New York, New York. And I got this bag up on shoes. If LP signs in New York, man, I'm going to get a big poster. Of LT in my bedroom, and then my wife's gonna have to look at it every night. It, it, it's gonna be in gangrene with Rex Ryan and lightning bolts and everything. You know, I mean, it's gonna. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to say, Scott, you might want to wait. Well, uh, uh, let's 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 jump right back into the <clears throat> free agent news before we go to uh, a couple of dynasty discussions we're gonna have. Again, you're seeing all this action taking place in Buffalo and teams are sitting on the sidelines. But a team that's not sitting on the sidelines are the Bears, Mike. And, and they come in and they bring in Chester Taylor on offense and, and they bring in uh, Julius Peppers for the defense. Yep. And now they just gotta, they've got to get some wide receiver help, right? I mean, you can't rely on Hester and Roma Shadu. And you, you've got to bring in something or, or draft something this year. I mean, Johnny Knox looked like he could be a playmaker. But and they didn't do anything about that offensive line, Mike. That's what really scares me about the Bears. Yeah, I know. Uh, Kyle Orton, he's going to be setting. Uh, he's going to be three steps back and on his uh, on his back again. I'm afraid. Uh, you know, you can bring in players, this and that, but uh, you got to build within. You got to build within as far as uh, your offensive line and uh, giving giving your quarterback some protection. Some type of protection at all. I mean, Matt Forte. Let's face it, Matt Forte in a different system. This guy is—he's a freaking stud. Right now, he's not much. He's a bust, and uh, you know it's too bad. And it's just the way the way the Bears have, have gone. And uh, so those signings, Scott—they uh, don't mean much to me at all. Well. I don't, I don't know. The Bears definitely need some help on the offensive line. And, and I know one guy that's very excited that they made some noise. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was, was uh, about ready to lose his number one left offensive tackle. I, I know Chad Clifton, he had went to the Washington Redskins, and, and we thought he was uh, going to be getting a deal there. Somehow he gets out of Washington, or he gets out of the Redskins offices without a deal. And he comes back and agrees to a three-year contract with the Packers. My Chad Clifton, that was a negotiating play, obviously, because if you were Aaron Rodgers, you're sitting here saying, man, we've got everything rolling right. I've got my dinner ready. I've got my steak. I've got my fork, my knife, and my salad ready to go. I've got my wine. I'm sitting here ready. i got the table all set, and I don't have my offensive line. My, my, my main <laughs> left offensive tackle here, that'd be a big, big blow for the Packers. You gotta like what Green Bay's doing. They're protecting their number one investment in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know. Next thing you know, that uh, that salad's wilted. Uh, the steak is uh, totally rare, and he wanted a medium. And you know, it's it's just a it's a miserable situation right there. <laughs> hey, Lance has got something going on in the chat room, man. You gotta take a look at this. He says, uh, "Here's some starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You tell me what's going on." Brian Brom. Matt Moore, uh, maybe Ratliff, Orton, Castle, Henny, Sanchez, Fry, Smith, Null, Freeman, Young, Campbell. That's pretty bad, man. That's that's some of the worst. <laughs> Greg Kowski, we could throw Greg Kowski in there, right? I mean, what about AJ Feely? Isn't AJ Feely? How do you get two years, six million dollars if you're AJ Feely? You've got to have the best agent in the world to get that deal. You're going to replace Mark Boulder. A.J. Feely's going to come in and, 
and you know, I think the Rams are gonna. They're, they're sounding like they're pretty committed to taking Sam Bradford, right? So, AJ Feely is now gonna be a starting quarterback in the NFL again. Like, I can't believe it. Yeah, you know, it's hard to believe. Uh, but the one thing you brought up a name, uh, Sam Bradford. Uh, I'm I'm in love with this guy. I mean, I really think this guy is going to be something else. I don't care what situation it is, whether it's Cleveland, uh, St. Louis. Uh, it don't matter the situation. Uh, he's going to be put into a situation. He's going to learn, and in two years, this guy is going to be he's going to be something else. We'll see. We'll see. We're we're real excited about these uh, drafts that we're going to be doing for the FFPC. Definitely go there and check out uh, myffpc.com for the Fantasy Football Players Championship. They've already extended the invitation to uh, to sign up to these uh, two drafts that are going to be happening this uh, later in this year in this summer. We're excited to do that. And uh, just go to myffpc.com. Mike, I also wrote an article. We're going to talk about this a little bit. I wrote an article this week for DynastyGuys.com. Definitely go there and check out all the Dynasty yeah, information I would, you can possibly Scott, handle. Scott, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of listeners that maybe aren't, uh, that haven't gotten logged in to DynastyGuys.com, but, uh, you know, I, I'd really like for you to break that down because it, it, it was very, very interesting uh, to uh, look at. And, uh, you know, if you get a chance, break it down uh, at the end of the show or whenever you get a chance. No, I'm just going to touch on it lightly before we move on. I tell you, uh, the guys at Dynasty Guys, Jeff Pesquino and Derek Kahn, these guys have done an incredible job building a fan base faster than any site I've seen in recent history, other than the FFPC that came out of the gate just swinging. Uh, these guys, uh, it, looked, it looked like effortless. Came out, introduced the site, bam, several hundred people. Maybe I don't even know how many are on the site now. Everybody's contributing content, asking questions, back and forth, good discussion going left and right. It's just a dynasty mecca right now that we're seeing kind of take place. And uh, it's just if you're in the dynasty leagues and want you to get your toes in and just step in a little bit, look, dynasty is, is a concept that's just like a redraft league, but you keep everybody. So this year, starting in, the same guys you had last year, you have this year, and you have to add to it with your rookie picks. So Trading is allowed. It's a lot more active in trades. People are wheeling and dealing. Our, uh, trading is an art. It's a, a negotiation skill. There's tons of articles on, on how to put trades together, looking for a trade that's good for both teams. For example, you might be heavy at tight end, and uh, you, you, you're heavy at running back, and you need a wide receiver. So go look for a team that's light at tight end that might need a running back and find somebody that's light at wide, heavy at wide receiver. You're looking for a, a trade that's reciprocal on both ends. So Trading is an art in Dynasty, and once you get it down, uh, you can really enjoy the game a whole lot more. It's, it's not an IDP league. Don't take it overboard. It's not like you're going to have to draft defensive players. All you have to do is draft your quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, the, the, the kicker and the defense. You have to get those two. And, you know, just put your team together. There's a lot of off-season movement that you're involved with. You're, you're involved in the draft. You're, you're leveraging picks. And so I wrote an article this week about the value of the 1-1 and should you trade for the rookie pick. Everybody knows that Dez Bryant is this rookie pick that you should probably take this year. Uh, C.J. Spiller is a talented back, but you don't, you don't spend a, a pick on a, on a back when you've got a player the caliber of Dez Bryant. And I'm trying to say, does it make sense? Go check out the article. Read it. Tell me what you think. You should be surprised by how often, what, what the 1-1 rookie pick looks like every year. How often it really doesn't turn off all that well. Darren McFadden was a consensus 1-1 rookie pick a couple years ago. Look at how that turned out. Reggie Bush, Mike, was one of the most hyped 1-1 rookie picks there was. Now look at where you can get him. He's not anywhere near a lead. So take a look at the I'll tell you what's I, I fun. You enjoy it. So, the most fun I've had has been uh, in uh, the Dynasty League uh, because they are that wow. much fun because you, you redraft. Or, or, or you pick up a team, or you uh, claim ownership of a team, and next thing you know, it's like, wow, you know, this is my team. And right. uh, I've got to build and move forward with that team, whether it's 2010, 2011, 2012, 2009, you know, that, that, that we've just been through. You have to move forward with that team. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, 
just to think that uh, that, that that you drafted somebody that uh, maybe can make a difference on your team, and uh, you know it, it's a lot of fun. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're looking at, if you have the one-one rookie pick right now, let me just give you an idea of the value of that pick right now. Uh, in leagues that are drafted right now, you can you can get uh, a Dallas Clark, Reggie Wayne, a Santonio Holmes, a Vernon, uh, a Jamal Charles, a D'Angelo Williams. Mike, you can get any of those players right now, uh, that type of caliber, in a rookie draft for uh, for Des Bryant. Uh, I'm sorry, in a dynasty draft. You can get that type of player for a Des Bryant, a Hakeem Nix, uh, a Jason Witten, a Richard Mendenhall, a Chris Beanie Wells, a Dwayne Bowe, a Sean McCoy, no Sean Moreno. You can get any of those guys right now, just about any of those guys for a Des Bryant because he's that valuable. I saw a draft the other day. He was drafted at pick 22 overall, Mike. 22 wow. overall. Wow. That's that's the excitement that they uh, that they see in this kid. I mean, that's that is uh, that's the type of player that, that you've got on your hands. But what I want to ask you is, uh, after uh, I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. Des Bryant is he's a real deal, and uh, you know you got uh, Stafford. I mean, he's a real deal. Uh, but after 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 those guys, is there much? Is there much? Yeah. If you have a one five, if you have a one six, a one eight, is there much? It's a lot. It's a lot to think about. I just want you to know that if you have that pick, know what you have before you trade it away. Don't don't trade it away for something like Michael Turner, okay, who only has a couple years left, or or uh, Pierre Thomas, and you think you're just getting one over on the guy. Look, the regardless if you're right or wrong, right now the value of the one one rookie pick is very, very high. Don't be mistaken. The 1-1 one, one rookie pick is, is a valuable pick. And, and before the draft, it's always, it, it, it's always more than after the draft. So if you're going to trade it, trade it before the draft because what happens when Des Bryant gets drafted by, uh, oh, let's, let's, just, let's just throw a team out there, you know. Uh, give, me, give me a team, Mike. Uh, San Francisco or, or San Francisco or something, you know. And now you're like, wait a minute. I thought Crabtree was the number one. Now you got Des Bryant. Who's the number one now? Or Green Bay. You know, there's so many balls, only so many balls that go around there, you know, or the Giants or something that's just odd. You're like, oh, no, wait, what, what does that mean? You know, what if he was drafted by Arizona? Somehow he fell or Arizona traded up or, or something crazy like that happens on draft day. Then your value of Des is just <laughs> peasy in the chat room. He says the Raiders. If, if the Raiders take Des Bryant, and you pair him with Darius Hayward Bay and Jamarcus Russell. I mean, you just might as well just throw your hands up and say, "Man, I wish I would have dealt the pick. I should have." I give. Him. Yeah, yeah. Throw your hands up and say, "I give." I mean, you know, and that's what that's what I go back to. Uh, I've talked about it over and over again. It depends on the situation. Uh, yeah. If if Hayward Bay was in a different situation, I guarantee you, he would be a better wide receiver. Uh, sure. I don't know, but I mean, you know, they've been asking for a uh, they've been asking for a compliment to Steve Smith for years, and you know, if 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 somebody like Des Bryant ends up in Carolina with Matt Moore, I mean, what, what happens there? It's, like, it's just like you know, the value goes down a little bit because you're like, he can't right. take advantage of the situation right now. It's gonna be a couple years before he can yeah, get out of the shadow of that of that great player. So. If you're not trading, trading before the draft, because his value won't get any higher than it is right now because everybody's optimistic that he's going to go to a great – you know, if he goes to Cleveland, what are you going to do? If he goes to Cleveland, you think his value is higher? I mean, there's a, yeah. I mean, really, we're painting all these situations. There's not a real good place for Des Bryant except for Denver. If he lands in Denver, someplace like that, his value is off the charts, okay? But there's not that many places that he can be that type of Donald Clinton. If he lands in Chicago or something like that, if they had a pick that high, I don't think they even have a first-round pick. So, you know, it's not going to happen. Uh, but, but then again, like, you like that. But then again, you have to look at it as uh, if he lands in a Denver, I mean uh, a Cleveland, he is the man. And uh, you, you never know. I mean, he's going to be the one go-to guy. So could there be a situation to where, uh, you know, 
the offensive line could gel together, and uh, it could be a com- a combination of quarterback to wide receiver, whether it's rookie or not, that could just make things make things happen, like Dwayne Bow did. Yeah, yeah, and Jeff Pasquino, uh, he, he's saying that uh, maybe he goes to KC, should be Tampa. I think I think Denver and Tampa are your top two. If he goes to Denver or Tampa, great situation for Des Bryant. If he goes anywhere else. Man, it's really up in the air what that's going to mean. I mean, what if he ends up in a New England? Okay, great. You got Randy, you got Randy Moss, you got Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, you got Tom Brady. That's the main thing. I think it'd be very dangerous if he if he goes to New England. That's got to be a spike up regardless of where you're at in the death chart because you got Tom Brady. But there's well, not a lot of teams there as I scan through like that. I'd be real happy about going to. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because. Um, uh, New England, they're, they're on the way down. Uh, let's face it, Tom Brady, in, in two years, he's done, uh, and I don't know what's behind him. Uh, I, you know, I don't like New England's future at all. Well, they've still got uh, one of the best coaches. Uh, I hate to say that. They've got, uh, you know, still running game. Quarterback. They're, they're going to be fine. Uh, they have no I'm still scanning, Mike. I don't. I don't see a lot of teams that really make a lot of sense for Des Bryant, other than Tampa and Denver. Uh, Oakland, if it's Oakland, man, oh man, I just feel so bad for Des Bryant to end up in Oakland. That would just be a crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, you know, he he's probably going. Oh, please, Denver, take me, take me, Denver. Don't take me, Oakland. And uh, you know, it's like. Uh, it's like the curse of the Raiders. You know, it seems like uh, Al Davis, uh, you know, the, the magnificent of the Raiders is going to be back. Well, I, I haven't seen it, and uh, he wanted Jamarcus Russell real bad. Well, Al Davis, is, let's face it, I, I think we're a little bit better than he is. How about the Dolphins, Mike? Dez Bryant to the Dolphins. What do you think about that? Oh, no, no, no. They got too many young receivers. Uh, they don't want to fill it up, and and plus, they're not going to pay the money to do that. Well, you didn't. That you were the Dolphins, and you didn't make a splash when you could. Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, it, it, you you would like to see them do something. You don't want to see them just sit on the sideline and do nothing when they had a chance at Anquan Bolden. They they could have brought in Bolden, and you didn't do it. I mean. Wh- Oh. It just it's just surprising to me. I don't know. I mean, you know, that obviously Pat White's not the future at quarterback. They're gonna have to do something with him. Ronnie Brown right now. Ricky Williams is a mess. You know, you you need something here. Yeah. Well, I'm going back to line issues. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, that seems to be my uh, theme tonight is uh, offensive line, defensive line. Uh, they need to shore up that. They need to make sure that uh, Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown. Uh, those guys can get through there. They need to make sure that Chad Henney has uh, time in the pocket. Uh, that's where they're going. All right, Mike. Uh, we've got about 12 minutes left in the show. I wanted to bring up. I wanted to bring up this news at, at, at uh, the Saints. They didn't release Reggie Bush, and you know we had we, we thought that might be coming down the pipe. And Pierre Thomas, he got a, a second round tender. So I don't know, Mike. I, I guess I guess is I mean, hey, why why ruin a good thing, right? You won the Super Bowl. There's no reason to make a move. What do you do with Reggie Bush if you're an owner uh, in a dynasty league? What do you do with him? I keep him. I keep him because he's going to be valuable to somebody. Uh, and you know, as a backup, uh, he's obviously great out of the backfield uh, with receptions. Because in a PPR league, I mean, he's going to be awesome as far as that goes. Uh, maybe on Miami, uh, you know, who knows? But uh, you got to keep him if if you own him in the Dyson League. Lindell White this week he asked, uh, "Play me or trade me, Mike?" Uh, and the only the only team I could possibly think of that might say, "Hey, man, come to, come come to us. Let's see what you." Is Pete Carroll's new team, the Seattle Seahawks? Could you could you see could you see Fat Dale in that blue and green? Nope. <laughs> No, nope. he's just floundering on the bench, man. I, I can't believe. I mean, he was a touchdown machine, and then you get Chris Johnson. You're like, yeah, we don't need you anymore, man. <laughs> if if if, if yeah. you go down, we'll, we'll bring you. We'll bring you out. I 
I don't know what's going to happen with Seattle and Holmgren, uh, if he's going to really make a big difference there. Uh, he's always been a winner, and, uh, you know, winners, uh, they go to winners. So, uh, you know, it could be a two-, three-year uh, work in progress. Uh, we don't know. We can see. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure with uh, Holmgren. Let's talk Denver real quick for a second. We brought it up earlier. Brandon Marshall went to Seattle and thought we might see something happen. Seattle has that number six overall pick. That's way too high. If Denver thought they were going to get Seattle's number six pick for Brandon Marshall, come on. Are you living in dream world? Really? Really? The sixth overall pick for Brandon Marshall? Come on. You didn't think that was going to happen. So, you know, Marshall leaves and he's back in Denver, and, and now you're just going to have to live with it. I, mean, I don't see this guy going anywhere. It's just going to be another year where he ends up on the team fighting with the coach and they can't get anything done. McDaniel's screwed. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, Josh McDaniels, he, he, wants, he wants things the right way. He wants it his way. And uh, he, he's no Bill Belichick, which I think he, he I think he tries to want to be. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, I think Josh McDaniels will get that team in Denver the way he wants it, and he's going to build around it. And uh, with or without Brandon Marshall, I don't think he cares. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't either. I, I agree with you. Tampa Bay – paid a six-round pick to Philly so they can add, drum roll, please, Reggie Brown to the death chart, okay? I, I don't know. Like you, like we said earlier, I think maybe it's going to be Dez Bryant in Tampa. Maybe Reggie Brown will be a number two or something. But it's just like some of these teams, it's like they're clueless out there. What are you doing? I mean, at least Detroit is actually turning things around. I love the Nate Burleson signing in Detroit, Mike. Nate Burleson to, to give uh, Calvin Johnson a little bit of help on that side of the field, I mean, that's what exactly what the doctor ordered for Matt Stafford. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, Detroit, they're, they're hungry to win, and, uh, you know, they've become a – in the last couple of years, they've become a laughing stock. And uh, I think they're kind of tired of being laughed at, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think a lot of things will happen with Detroit. Uh, but I don't see him, you know, I don't see him doing much at all. Man, I, I find it so odd that Nate Burleson always gets so disrespected in dynasty circles and in dynasty drafts. I continue to watch this guy get drafted, you know, behind the likes of tons of rookies and, uh, you know, Darius Hayward Bay and Kevin Ogletree and Earl Bennett, all these guys really getting drafted in front of Nate Burleson, Terrell Owens, really over uh, – Say ten can a month before Nate Burleson. Come on, man. Nate, Nate can play, and, and when he comes to Detroit, that's what he's well, playing for to make plays. Scott, I know, but you know, it, it's like what I've said over and over again. Uh, the situation means everything. Nate Burleson in a different situation, in a different uh, uh, concept, in a different, uh, you know way of, of, of doing the offense, I mean, he could be a stud, but he's never been put in that situation. Listen, I'm going to give you guys a, a little sleeper before we move to our final topic of the evening. Uh, a little sleeper just to put on your dynasty radar that Peasy's in the chat room. I know he's he's wringing his hands. He's, 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 he's just trying to take notes on all my moves and all my thoughts because we're going to be drafting in that dynasty league, that high-stakes dynasty league together here in a couple of months. And he's just taking out every single note he can so that he can screw me in the draft. And I know I see him there. I see what you're doing. But listen, the, the sleeper I want to give you guys is Harry Douglas. I'm a little biased here. Harry Douglas in Atlanta, coming off a knee injury. This oh, kid is flat out play. Tons of comparisons to Wes Welker. Matt Ryan needs a player like Harry Douglas. Look, I sent an offer out earlier today, Mike, and it got turned down. It was Malcolm Kelly for Harry Douglas. I thought for sure that somebody would buy on Malcolm Kelly, you know? And, no, and it got turned down. It got turned down. I was like, wait a minute. Seriously. Harry Douglas would be okay. Your comeback player of the year is Lance Moore. Man, I just saw a draft where Harry Douglas was drafted in the 19th round, okay? And Malcolm Kelly was taken in the 11th. So, man, I'm serious. I think, I think here's the one thing I've learned about dynasty trading, man. 
you've got to be sneaky about your intentions, okay? I don't care. It could be somebody sitting there on your death chart. Let me give you an example. Like, I'm going to pull up one of my teams here, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a look at this guy. Look, and I've got, uh, I've got these guys on my team. And, and, you know, let's say I've got Dion Butler, okay, a Seattle rookie last year, didn't do anything last, you know, this past year. And somebody, and I'm not even thinking about it. I don't really care about it. Maybe it's Jordy Nelson. That's a better comparison. Jordy Nelson. Here you go. I got Jordy on my bench. And somebody comes in and offers me, you know, um, Malcolm Floyd for Jordy Nelson or something. Something I'd be like, I shouldn't say deal, you know, right? But for some reason, I I click my eyebrow. I'm like, wait a minute. And and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to get rid of Jordy. No, 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 decline. No, no, no. You're, you're, You're trying to take me here. I'm not giving you Jordy. All, all of a sudden, my value of Jordy Nelson goes through the roof because somebody wants him. I see this happen all the time. I'll guarantee you, the guy that I offered that I offered Malcolm Kelly to, he has no interest in Harry Douglas whatsoever. But as soon as he sees a trade offer with somebody wanting Harry Douglas, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Can't get rid of Harry Douglas like that, no. you got to be sneaky. If you want Harry Douglas, you got to kind of add him in as a throw-in. You're like, you know, go after somebody else and say, man, to make this kind of deal even, I, I, I guess we got to, I don't know, just throw me, in, throw me in Harry Douglas or something. I don't know. You can throw me in something like that. That's how you got to do it, unfortunately. Does that resonate? I don't know. Maybe we lost Mike. I don't know. Mike's not a big no, trader. You, no. you watch Mike <laughs> in these trades, and every time I see it, it's just like, oh, God, Mike, what are you doing? Oh, oh no. No. I'm listening. I, I'm like, I don't know about that. Look, look, Mike, I offered you a trade in Hyperactive 2. For all you guys that are in Hyperactive League, I offered you Tashar Choice and Vasante Shanko for the 1-4. I'm going to leave it up for about the next 10 or 15 minutes. Tashar Choice or Vasante Shanko for the 1-4 rookie pick, Mike. It's a heck of a deal. Look, your tight ends are, are not doing so well. Uh, you've got one good tight end, I think, in Heath Miller. That's a nice one. I like Heath. But if he doesn't have, uh, you got Todd Heap too. I mean, come on, you know, I don't know about Todd Heap. It's just a little long there. Char choice of Desanti Shanko for the one four. Well, right now I, I would, I, you know, I might want to think about that. But uh, I've got uh, four or five different offers on the table, and uh, at the end of the day, tomorrow I'm going to either decide on one of them or. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I tried to get something done before the end of the show. The last point, I'll leave you with this. Listen, we talked about it earlier in the show. You've got to be able to buy low and sell high in Dynasty. Case in point, Steve Slayton, Donnie Avery, Eddie Royal. These guys, after you watch their rookie year, what would you say? Holy cow, I got so low. I've got the best young player in the draft, man. Slayton was being drafted in the first round in new Dynasty startups. Eddie Royal was being drafted in the second round in New Dynasty startups, and Donnie Avery was somebody that everybody was after. I mean, everybody was looking for Donnie Avery deals. All of a sudden, you you look at the deals, you say, no, I'm going to pass. I'm going to keep my guy because I think I've got the next guy here. Look, the value on those guys couldn't have got any higher. So, look, Steve Slayton's value can't get any higher dealing, period. It's only going to go down from here selling while it's high. Okay, Jamal Charles is that guy this year, Mike. I really think I've got him in several leagues, and to be honest with you, the value now that Thomas Jones is there, he even went down a little bit. You better, you better trade him while you still can get that peak oh, high value. No Mike. way. How can no you way. get any higher value for him? You can't. No way. It's not going to get any higher than this. I'm not telling you to take chump change for it. I'm telling you to go ahead and take a Vincent Jackson type wide receiver for it. You're getting a heck of a player. Jamal Charles, are you kidding me? Are you, you would take a Vincent Jackson for a Jamal Charles? Sign me up. Deal. Sign me you're up. Crazy. Look, There's like, no you're crazy. Look, you're the same guy that hung on to Steve Slayton, and now look what it got you, buddy. Now you're like, There's no way. There's no the 15th round now. You lost all your value. There's no way. There's no way. Jamal Charles is the future of the Kansas City Chiefs. He 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 can do. He's multi. I mean, he's multifaceted. He can do whatever he wants when he wants. You do you not done? get rid of Jamal Charles. Are you done? No, I'm not done. Eddie Royal is going to come back. I mean, he's going to come back. I mean, this guy is. I mean, he had a bad year last year, but this guy could come back. Now I'm done. 
<laughs> Red versus blue. We'll see you next week. FFPC and DynastyGuys.com. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.